Welcome, welcome, welcome to the inaugural first edition. This is like the uh, the origin story of Culture Lust. Culture Lust, the podcast where we find a random movie on Netflix and talk about it. My name is Scott. I am here with Chris. Hey. And James. How's it going, everybody? All right. So, the movie this week... Our very first, well, technically second movie, but our very first recorded and solid uh, attempt at this is Maximum Conviction. Maximum Conviction. This will be our cherry popping movie. That's what we'll call Popping that cherry, yes. Yeah. <laughs> we will forever refer to this. It kind of sucks that this was our, 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 our initial. It's uh, okay. Oh, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. What? We'll We'll have to get further into that. But according to IMDb, Maximum Conviction. When former Black Ops operative Cross and his partner Manning are assigned to de decommission an old prison, they must oversee the arrival of two mysterious female prisoners. Before long, an elite force of mercenaries assault the prison in search of the new arrivals. As the true identities of the women are revealed, Cross realizes he's caught in the middle of of something far bigger than he had imagined. That's some deep shit. Yeah. yeah. That's a good description. I, I will give him that one. I was... I hook you with that. <laughs> <laughs> you... <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, what'd you guys... So, uh, what'd, you, what'd you guys think of it? What'd you guys yeah, think of it? I, I like... Initial impressions. Let's... Uh... Why don't you go ahead and start out, Scott? I liked it. Okay. I liked it with... Several caveats there, and, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But okay. I enjoyed this movie just because the simple fact is it, it brought me back to the original Seagal movies, right? The original Seagal movies that I watched when I was a kid. And it was mm. the turn your brain off, don't think about it too much. The good guys are going to win, and you know it. Um, a little bit like a Bush League diehard, if you will. See, ah, all right, I can, I see where you're coming from with that. Uh, but to be fair, his earlier stuff, like, you know, early 90s, mid 90s, there were some strong performances there, man. Uh, under Siege, come, come on now. And, you know, being from the Navy, I'm a little partial to the whole being on a ship. It's got Tommy Lee Jones. He's supposedly a Navy SEAL. Like, that's pretty badass. Um uh, maximum conviction does not hold up to under siege. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. Okay, so you're right. I will concede you that uh, it it doesn't hold up. But I don't know. Maybe it was just the idea. Like uh, I wanted to get behind it. I wanted yeah. it to be like those other kind of under siege. You know the uh, what's the other ones that he's done. Uh, above the law. Above Mark the law. That's death. the one. That's the one. Yeah, Mark, ab that's a good uh, one. Above the law. Mark for death. That was the one where uh, yeah he fought all those drug guys. But yep. <laughs> so I haven't seen any of those older films uh, since I was a kid because I don't want it to get. I don't want it to ruin. You know my my perceptions of it. Right. So, that's true. That's uh, a good strategy. So that's yeah. That stuff is stuck in my head now as being good, and. Yep. Uh, 
I, I, I'm not. I refuse. I refuse unless it comes up on the old random, <laughs> random video or random movie wheel. I refuse. I'm not going to freaking watch those older ones. Yeah. What about you, Chris? What were your initial impressions? Well, at conviction. First, within like the first like 15, 20 minutes, the the biggest thing that popped out to me was I was not expecting it to have the production value that it did. Uh, I thought it actually looked pretty decent. Which for a B movie, presumably a B movie that I'd never heard of, with two, you know, over the hill you know, <laughs> actors, yes, <laughs> and nobody else really of note. It's putting it, it kindly. Over yeah, the hill. exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, I was really surprised. I was like, it kind of looks pretty decent, and uh, and that was kind of surprising, but. Overall, I actually, I think the two main characters played by Seagal and Stone Cold Steve Austin, I think they were the least interesting part of that entire, of the entire movie. Yeah, I can agree with that. Um, I didn't really like it. Um, you know, it was, it was, it was a fun watch just because I was surprised and taken back by a lot of the things that were taking place um <laughs> but, but you're right the production value is actually pretty pretty well done i thought they had a they had a decent budget i thought um i don't know the exact number but i'm judging from the, the quality of the movie they actually had some money behind it um but i was more i enjoyed the the villain's performance more than anyone i thought he was actually a pretty good bad guy oh yeah he's beautifully over the top yeah very reminiscent of you know the die hard or uh, you know, kind of the, I kind of almost want to say like the uh, the villains in uh, like The Rock and all that kind of stuff. You know, just that that over the top, um, that subtly over the top mercenary kind of uh, kind of feel. Uh, very very reminiscent of late eighties, early nineties action movies. Yeah, man. Yeah, and I I wanted to back you up with what you said with the production value. I thought that was pretty good. I've actually um I was actually watching it, and, and one of my notes here is is that that the cinematography is actually pretty decent. It's actually pretty decent. They they use the security cameras and that kind of stuff to to tell a story. It was a cheesy, bullshit it was a story. Cheesy. Yeah. It, it was. I think it was still told you know fairly well. You know, it's no Schindler's List, right? I mean, no, we're not gonna talk about that at all uh as far as you know that that caliber but yeah i enjoyed it i enjoyed it objectively it was not a great movie i don't think it would be considered a good movie but it doesn't have to be in order to just be interesting and entertaining agreed um, um you know like what well, what are some things you guys liked about it aside from the production value the one thing i liked the most about it and I will applaud any movie that does this so hard, and I will champion it to the end of time when you have murdery villains that act like murdery villains. Right. They just go, like, I'm going to kill this guy, and boom, and they do like, <laughs> no hesitation. Exactly. Yes. Like, they kill the cook. Yeah. What? Yeah. Well, because they threatened to kill the cook, and the guy didn't do what they said, so he shot the cook, or he shot the guy, and then he shot the cook. It's just like, they were cold, they were calculating, 
and they really had like a very kind of like a hardline stance like they had a job to do and nothing was going to stop them from doing it that yeah, i really enjoyed the part where they had the um the two guards that worked together in the in the command room and he had the one dude at gunpoint and the yes. other guard comes in mm-hmm. and he's like hey do this or else i'm gonna kill him and he's like fuck right. you and then he shoots him in the head and, anyway yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly i was gonna bring that scene up too as uh it, it's um it wasn't as predictable as a lot yeah. of those like cheesy kind of BC movies, whatever. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Like, if you're gonna be a bad guy, be a fucking bad guy. Yeah, you know. And the, yeah. and the and the like the extras, um, while in the plot and the, you know the grand scheme of the story, they were worthless. They still weren't kind of like just uh, secondary, tertiary afterthoughts. There was still a little bit of character there, and they still helped out. You know. Here and there, like that, just yeah. like that scene you were talking about. You're like, hey, you know, he's like, hey, d- d- do this. Uh, no, fuck you. <laughs> and then boom, <laughs> and then they got into a fight, right? I fully yeah. expected the bad guy just to blaze both of them and and be done. Yeah. Uh, I would have, uh, I might be getting ahead of us here a little bit, but I would have liked it if that uh, guy that did say fuck you, if he would have actually lived and kept going. I would have been like, okay, okay, this movie's actually getting pretty yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah, I did kind of have that written down as well. Sort of. Is it actually seemed like the people that were in the movie, the the, the second and tertiary characters, like the, the soldiers and the guards and all this, they're supposed to be this elite force, you know, and obviously if you're an MP at a detention facility that doesn't exist, you're probably not some PT failure reservist fat ass, you know? You probably know your shit. It felt like... No offense to all the reservists out there who are PT failures. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. This you is know what coming I mean. from uh, active duty guys, so just saying. <laughs> uh, you, you know what I mean, right? You know, obviously you're not going to be some, just, you know, skirting by, barely getting by, and, and hanging out in the Army, not doing anything special. Obviously you did something to get put in that position. And it seemed like, it looked, you know, they acted like it. Mm. They actually, mm. like, when they were getting into a fight, I mean, obviously, you know what, they're gonna, they're going to be, you know, they weren't just fodder, you know. Uh, there was a number of instances where, you know, nobody could hit anything, but as, you know, we showed. Including the former Black Ops Special yeah. Forces guy. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. no, like, that shit bothered me so much. Uh, yeah. To, to go back to that, that one scene, the, the scene in the in the control room. They actually got into a fight. Like, yeah. And for a minute there, you thought the, the random guard, not the bad guy, but the good guy was actually going to win. He got the upper hand because, well, he's a soldier of some sort. You know, obviously, he probably knows how to fight. He didn't just get wasted right off the bat. Yeah. And it did seem like a couple of the, the teams and everything, they showed at least some level of competence in certain spots, which I thought was totally different uh, when you have a a what you would think from a Steven Seagal and Steve Austin driven vehicle. Right. Soldiers uh, wearing Navy uniforms. Oh, that bothered, <laughs> that bothered me. The Navy doesn't have MPs. We have yeah. arms. There are no yeah. military police. <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. We don't wear fucking patches on our NWs either, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what are these guys? That's one of my notes. All right. So, so the stuff I didn't like, um, that 
the the navy uniforms uh there was no consistency i was like who are these guys right they're not they're supposed to not exist they all had fucking facial hair yeah, and but shit, they're all like... hairy and it literally looked the like one guard looked like he was like two days away from collecting social security i don't know if you guys remember that guy he was like 66 yes. years old man yes <laughs> and he's like guarding the like the main cell block too <laughs> i'm just like what it the uh so the they they like to do to play this like um uh i call them peekaboo gunfights where oh god yeah where you have two people shooting at each other two or more people shooting at each other and they'll poke out and they'll shoot three or four rounds and then they'll hide in the same place. And then the yeah. other guy on the other side will do the same thing. And if they no keep doing that, or games, yeah. you know, like it, no it, one nobody, tries to flank yeah. or anything. <laughs> That's the last, so the last thing, pro tip, next time you're in a giant firefight inside of a prison compound, <laughs> don't poke your head out of the same place twice in a row. Yeah. You're going to get your shit shot off. Common sense, right? It's like, but they're just doing this. So they're doing this dead, these deadly peekaboo fights. And nobody uh, had to you know, reload ever. <laughs> hiding behind. <laughs> Actually, somebody did have to reload. It was towards the end. I don't know if you noticed. The, the fucking guy with the shotgun, the black guy with the shotgun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. he kept he put he put a shell into the breach directly into the breach. Yeah. Shot once, and then put another shell into the breach and shot again. And I was like, dude, why don't you just take you know. A good ten or he was also seconds. the guy wearing short sleeves with elbow pads. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, buddy. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I don't know. And the music, the music and the sound effects were bad, like really bad. I noted the music as well. During the it's last terrible. firefight, when there's that lull in the action, mm-hmm. and, and we know that the whoever he was, just the, the, the younger guy, the one that, that actually did flank, and then he just punched people instead of shooting them or stabbing them. Mm-hmm. Something. He decided to get into a fist fight with them. Yeah. Uh, when he almost gets shot but has to get saved, there's that lull right there in between the action. And the music was still like that high uh, classical, like fast-paced kind of thing, and he's just standing there. And it felt so out of place. There was a lot of things. So I, I, the majority of my notes are things that I didn't enjoy about the movie. And I'll just kind of mainly talk about the glaring ones that really, really upset me. Is uh, And Scott and I were talking about this earlier. Is inconsistencies in character abilities. Um, so if you're going to make somebody out to be like... Well, and Steven Seagal specified, I was never SF, I was a Marine. All right, whatever, dude. Like, Black Ops, Private Security, whatever channels you went through to get to this elite position. And same thing with Stone Cold Steve Austin. They never really discussed his background, but you assume they worked together through their really shitty job at establishing brotherhood. But um, They they used to work at a trash compacting uh, company because he was a parent expert. About how bad Steve Austin (laughs) is at hiding from people or how (laughs) blind everybody was in this movie. He literally crouched behind a box (laughs) and all these badass armed individuals just stroll past him. (laughs) Hey, it works for Solid Snake, okay? They did, and they they put the guy for some reason they brought some dude with a with a a, a long rifle like a sniper rifle bolt action into this like close quarters assault, <laughs> yeah. and then they put that dude in the front, 
Wait. When they went yeah. to go clear, yeah. uh, uh, you know, when they went to go clear to, to find old Stone Cold's dead body, supposed air quotes dead body. Yeah, yeah that's that's how it works, right? Yeah, I was like, oh, okay. What you do in Call of Duty? You just, just, just no-scope sh- people. Just yeah, no-scope exactly. the fuck out of everybody. <laughs> MLG, bro. <laughs> MLG, 360. Well, he got straight meleeed with a screwdriver. Yeah. <laughs> got that yeah, that, Commando that's Pro thing going. That really upset me was the whole relationship between Seagal and Steve Austin. Like within 30 seconds of these two characters being introduced on screen and then meeting, Stone Cold's like, "Hey, we lost a lot of good men out there, man." You're like, "What the? F- We're revisiting trauma all of a sudden now?" Like that seems like a much more interesting story than the one that we saw. But can we go back and tell us that story? Yeah, I just, I don't know. It, it bothered me. That I understood yeah. what they were trying to do. They were trying to cram this, hey, these guys have a history. They yeah. work together. They really trust each other kind of thing. Poor, yeah. And they did it all within like a three-sentence long conversation. Because they, like, yeah, they were going with the tell route of things. Yeah. It's like having yeah, a the... text crawl at the beginning of your movie. You're telling us what's going on. You're not letting us see it and make the assumption for ourselves. Yeah, they they yeah they needed to push forward so they can get to the extremely jump cutty, uh, like fist fights. I blame the Jason Bourne fucking series for that bullshit. Every every everybody's old constitutes a a fucking camera cut. Like yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I I think I I think Scott might be onto something because he saw a couple of the parts in this movie where I was like, wow, Steve Austin, he can't run anymore. No. Yeah, he can't yeah. really move anymore, and that's actually a legitimate thing, you know. As everyone knows, he's a former pro wrestler, and he got beat the hell up when he was in pro wrestling. He has like messed up knees, and he has a really messed up neck. He just can't move, and it showed. It's like it, everything yeah, that he either. had to do. They, <laughs> yeah, exactly. They really, it really showed his physical limitations. So when we when we first found out that this was going to be the movie that we watched, um, I mentioned how I would love to fight Steve Seagal, Steven Seagal just to see <laughs> yes. what would happen. Yes. After watching this movie, I am thoroughly convinced I would kick the shit out of him. <laughs> he, he would grab you and wait for somebody to yell cut. <laughs> he is so round. Nice. Okay, so Steven Seagal, yes. Series of spears. He is he is round, and he uh uh he's like has this weird way. It's like mush mouth from fucking Fat Albert, mixed oh, with mixed with accent. like this old Boudreaux and Thibodeau kind of like Batman fucking Southern thing. That's it was the thing. so like, weird. I was reading up on it, and it's like a, a Cajun accent kind of thing that he's doing i don't know if it's because isn't he like a cop somewhere like yeah in louisiana he's uh yeah so he's trying to do the whole creole blah you know Mm -hmm. i don't know it it just he's channeling his people (laughs) bro you didn't have any of this in the 90s like fuck did this come from (laughs) but um... yeah i i struggled sometimes to understand what he was saying because it was just all of his spheres it's like he sounds like a fat guy Sounds like a fat guy <laughs> that can't properly maneuver his cheeks and his tongue to speak correctly. Yeah. It was yeah, I, I, I don't know. It was, it was definitely interesting. Um, 
Yeah, I don't, I don't think the dialogue and writing was a strong suit of this movie. No, absolutely. Hey, uh, with with one exception. There was one exception. Best line in the movie. God damn. Which one of you motherfuckers killed my future ex-wife? My future yeah. ex-wife. <laughs> yep. That was I knew you one were of the greatest things I ever heard. I knew you were going to say that. Uh, that was that, like, wait was a minute. Was that not amazing? Yeah, it was it was pretty good. So I was gonna ask, where are we in terms of discussing spoilers? Are we holding back for the the listeners out there, or are we just? Uh... I don't think so. I think if um, if people are interested in listening, and not having spoilers, uh, I mean they could watch it later. But that's why we kind of announced the movie ahead of time. So right. Yeah. It's also a, watch it. a five-year-old okay, so movie. So if we're if we're if we're not you know respecting spoilers, the end. Between Seagal and Austin with the whole money thing. Oh, uh, I got yes. two hundred million dollars here with no one to return it to. I'm gonna yeah. give that, that, brother. Too, what are you gonna do with it? Too <laughs> what, yeah. and then, what are you gonna do with it? If I'm being told that like, hey, here's a hundred million dollars, right? You're gonna your generations of your future family are gonna be set for life. I'm definitely not gonna have a blank mouth breathing stare on my face and go ah you know i might do this and that and you know keep some for myself (laughs) that was like the real the real quick like band-aid because that that was all the setup there might be a part two you know which i i googled it there isn't because i was excited i was gonna watch it but uh uh-huh it was like this (laughs) it was like the story ramped up really fast just like you guys were saying in the beginning like oh yeah hey Three sentences. Uh, we lost a lot of good guys. Yeah, okay, they're friends. And then, boom, they bounce to all of the action stuff and the fucking bullshit um, uh, cooking spray flamethrowers. And then, <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. it just the... and it just fell off at the end too. I really love like the whole. Oh, we got a code red. This like before the the whole uh, plot, you know, even took place. It was just here's the prison being ran, and here's a prisoner that's beating the shit out of a security guard. Code red. We need backup to the courtyard, and they fucking like walk like they're with their girlfriends in the mall. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's just go. Let's, this guard's probably gonna die, so let's just take our time getting there. <laughs> okay, Nobody like that's. Oh, that's Tim. Nobody likes Tim. Fuck Tim. <laughs> that that upset me too. Yeah, but. And yeah, then they just I mean, let some private was, contractor just tell them what to do. Yeah, the movie was filled with campiness and, you know, your cliche cheap action thrills. And it it did what it was supposed to do, you know. I don't – I had fun watching it, but it's definitely not something I would try and watch again or pursue on DVD or anything like that, you know. No, I don't – yeah, I wouldn't watch it again either. Even if I it was did. to come on TV, I'd probably still change the channel. <laughs> I would. <laughs> I would definitely change the channel. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I'd rather yeah. watch some idiot on YouTube do something dumb. Um. Mm-hmm. So, uh, one thing I wanted to 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 ask you guys, mm-hmm. they refer to a story about a scorpion and a frog at the end. Right. Do you? Oh, yeah. Do you know what that is without googling it? Because no. I didn't. I have I thought, no idea. I thought I was Never missing heard of out it. on some, like, cultural thing, you know, like Little no, Miss Muffet or a fucking tur- tortoise in the hair. I was like, dude, my childhood is a lie. I don't know anything about the scorpion and the frog. Oh. Yeah. 
I actually have heard of that. I did Google it and I'm like, okay, I am familiar with it. Yeah, I've heard of that story before. So he goes, you ever heard of the scorpion and the frog? He's like, yeah. Well, I guess I'm a scorpion. I'm just a bad guy or something like that. And then Steven Seagal's like, well, I'm a motherfucking good guy and throws him into a bomb and throws him <laughs> into fucking strawberry yeah. jam on the wall. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it didn't jump out to me immediately as having uh, heard of it before, but I did Google it and I did kind of start reading it. And I, I then I'm like, okay, yeah, I've seen it. I, I'm familiar with it. Okay, see, I don't know. I guess my whole point is, like, if you're going to use something like that, it should probably be common knowledge, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. Tortoise in the hair, that kind of stuff. Like, I get it. But this is... Or even better, they could have had a, a teaching moment between Seagal and the team that he's training, right? Job on the side as he trains these... Uh, what are they? They didn't call them QRF. They called them something else. Like oh, that's... Acronym. No, I wrote it down. I wrote it down. Hold on. HSO? HSO. Yeah, HSO. The High Speed Operating Team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. They could have had a teaching moment between him and those guys. And he mentioned this, you know, Scorpion and the Frog. And then they could have you know alluded to it or gone back to it later you know and it would have made sense like it would have been like a nice little throwback but you know they failed there, yeah so. that's they could have yeah they failed there because they could have there could have been some you know uh even further going along those same lines this could have been some of that uh uh you know steven seagal used to teach him that stuff you know exactly or yeah. yeah or the bad guy taught seagal which is usually how those fucking cheese dick movies go like that you know <laughs> Yeah, you, you, the, you know the the apprentice has surpassed the ma- surpassed the master. That one of those kind of things. Speaking but, of H- his HSO, uh, I, he must not have trained them very well because the whole all right, guys, we got to go in quick and quiet. We don't want them to know we're here. AKA, let's fucking blow this door open with explosives. Yeah. <laughs> let's explode everything right at first. Let's stand right in front of a surveillance camera. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And. Always the men so, as well have just stood there, looked up at the camera, and waved or some shit like that because they're like, "Who are these yeah, guys?" Absolutely, yeah. and always hey, having the flashlights. On. Let's send a flare up. <laughs> always having flashlights on. Yeah. Flashlights oh, work yeah. both ways, man. I mean, you yeah. turn that shit on when you need to. That's it. I mean, obviously, Otherwise, I don't everybody feel like can see had... you coming from a million miles away. Yeah, I don't think they had any kind of military advisor or tactical person on on board for the uh, production crew because there's. So many mistakes and just, you know, I feel like if this is something that, you know, like, like we said, 16 year olds playing Call of Duty, like if they would have wrote a movie, this is what the action would have looked like. Because it was just Can, can we talk for a moment about how Steven Seagal does not know how to hold a weapon? Yeah, he kept switching hands uh, and stuff. And, and he's got his shotgun when he had the, the, the A12. It's like, yes. he's got the butt like on his shoulder. Uh, oh, yeah, like he was holding it like a shoulder-fired rocket. That's, yeah, one of my, yes, like, that's one of my notes. One of my notes. <laughs> what is he doing? Because the bad guy, right, the main bad guy goes, and you, the tactical genius, and, the, and it flashes, the, it flashes yes. this dude with an AA-12 <laughs> with the fucking buttstock of his rifles on top of his shoulder and i'm going what 
I grabbed my pen and I, I swear to God, I set the paper on fire trying to write that tactical yeah, genius. The, the tactical yep. genius who's who's currently escorting assets that he still believes are very important to his job and his mission. And instead of putting them behind him, he's like, I need both of you on one side of me <laughs> in this really skinny fucking yeah. hallway. Because, you know, bullets yeah. like to travel along walls and stuff. So, like, <laughs> don't get behind the guy with the armor on. No. Stand out in the open, please. No. I was like, oh, my God. What are you talking about? Yeah. It was like, pretty... don't, don't worry. Because before they kill you, they have to kill me first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. but with mush mouth, mush mouth fucking Batman voice. You mean, like, it ain't over till we're dead? Mm. Last line. So, um, <laughs> yes. What, 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 what could we, what could they have done better? Like, what, what are some obvious or some, some changes that would have, you know, brought this from being a, uh, I don't even know what we, what we'll call this movie, to being something that's, you know, that you might recommend to a friend or something. Well, most, much like ninety percent of every movie that has any sort of military presence within it especially action movies, hire some private that spent six months in the army before getting kicked out to at least look at the things that you're going to have your soldiers do. Mm -hmm. uh, because, yeah, not... you know, to be fair, it's kind of hard because sitting here watching this movie, you know, we might have a little bit more, you know, I don't think your average civilians can be like, Oh, why did everybody jump out of the truck and they all have ski masks and hearing pro except for the one dude? Like, did his ears not get damaged by the explosion? Yeah. You know, I thought that was a little lame that he just jumped out like completely open faced and it was supposed to just denote that he's in charge. <laughs> yeah, right, the other guys right, are right. nameless drones. Yeah. yeah, they all literally had masks and hearing pro on and this dude climbs out of the, the back of the, the trash truck with nothing on. But, um, you know, I don't think your average civilian is going to be paying attention to that kind of so maybe that's why they thought they could get away with it. Or they did get away with it, I should say. But that's not the only reason. Accuracy is not really what I was kind of going with that. Mm -hmm. It's shit that just doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? Like you were yeah. just talking about. But, you know, little things. Can, it's the little things that turn a bad action movie into a good action movie. And having someone go, no, from just a straight tactical standpoint, that doesn't make sense. What if you dated this instead, it does lend a certain sort of, even from just a, um, from an objective standpoint, movies that are like that, the action is tighter, it's more fluid, and it seems more realistic, even to someone who is just a, you know, a, a, a regular civilian, doesn't have any sort of military background or anything like that. Yeah, I would, I would add that um, from the realistic standpoint, well, how I view it is it makes it more suspenseful and like if the action's done well, I'm actually genuinely concerned for the characters. Right. Like Scott said with this peekaboo shootouts, I you know, I'm just like, all right, whatever. Like I, I'm just, not into it, you know. It's just noise. Yeah, there's no real sense of danger there for the characters. I feel like that's just my personal opinion on that one. Yeah, and there there's not um, I do, I do know what Chris is talking about with like the whole uh, trying to find somebody to 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 at least view their movie or view the script and be like, okay, you know, that is dumb. Like, don't do that. 
because there's there's a lot of little minimal things that they could have changed to make it a whole lot better um without much of an impact on like budget you know something something to think about might have been that they let steven seagal be that person since he is a police officer or whatever the fuck you want to call him you, and he did yeah. he he did also produce the movie mm-hmm. ah so okay, maybe he yeah. was maybe he was the tactical genius i think so yeah he really was the tactical genius <laughs> did he write this fucking thing too Jesus. no he didn't a man named a guy named richard Beatty ah, wrote okay. it dick Beatty. what yeah, but he he has he has uh, that's the worst name. Mister and Mrs. Beatty, <laughs> would you like to name your son Dick? So this guy has writing credits on such amazing sounding films as The Shower. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Shower with your dad? No, and, just uh, the shower. Prom night. Or deliver us from evil, uh, force of execution, and shark killer. Force of execution is another Seagal movie. That is another. Yes, I was looking at that. That is. And it's got Danny Trejo and Ving Rhames in it. Oh, everything has Danny Trejo in it. (laughs) Ving Rhames, though. Ving Rhames, like. I think if you make a movie in the United States, I think you're legally obligated to put Danny Trejo in it. Yeah, Which is fine, be, because I love me some Treyo, but hey. If there's any character in the movie that just wantonly like hurts or kills people, it's got to be Danny Treyo. As long as he dies. <clears throat> yes, as long as he dies. He's like, uh, what the fuck is that guy's name from Lord of the Rings? He dies in all his movies. Bean? Yeah. Sean Bean. Sean Bean. Yeah. Spoiler alert, if Sean Bean's in the movie, he's probably going to die. He's going to die. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I agree. The the tactical aspect of it pretty bad they definitely could have could have improved on that um they also could have thought out the whole cia black site plot more like if it's a cia black site i don't think you're gonna have a 65 year old working the gate with just a one chain link no. in between and, yeah. and there's that. nobody gonna be in uniform and everything else just... yeah. and did you happen to catch they did a couple of like overhead shots of the facility and it's like right next to a subdivision. Yeah, exactly. It's in the, I mean, it it's in the like middle of the town. It's yes. like suburban freaking like Sacramento or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yep. I was like, what? And the I'm sitting here like, like a... yeah. And why didn't the police show up? Because there was a lot of gunfire. Big guns from right? this normally quiet. Stuff blowing up. Seagal <laughs> said something like that. Remember that that chick? She's like, "Are the cops coming to help us?" And he yeah, said and he's something, basically like, something this like, place doesn't exist. Yeah, so of course they're the not. The police be don't know. Here. Yeah, the police don't know about this place. So they're as far as the police you. know, or anyone around them, there's this shipping warehouse or something, and you know, downtown Seattle or whatever, you know, at the outskirts of Seattle or something like that, where it looks like the war is going up. Yeah, exactly. You know, where you know shit's blowing up. That would attract cops. Like they could have at least just done like some flybys or get some stock footage of like a forest. Just yeah. to kind of show that, hey, they're in the they're in the middle of nowhere. You don't even know what country this is. But no, 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 it's fucking Vancouver, I, Canada. I, I would imagine, like, if they did something like that, get the stock footage stuff. Like, I could see it in my head right now. Like, you're, you know, the the scene 
it flashes up to the overhead shot, and then there's a watermark across the screen. <laughs> fucking shutterfly on it, you know? <laughs> shutterfly, shutterfly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> of course. That's that's the caliber of movie we're talking about right here. And it's even like 360p because they couldn't afford the HD version. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, <laughs> it's all it's pixelated. It's pixelated and blocky. <laughs> shutterfly. <laughs> oh, man. So yeah. going to, it's like, to, it's one of the things, uh, and, and I, I'm going to wrap up my portion of the, what they could have done better after this. But one of the things that I, th- I think they could have done better was the, um, like the special effects, like the blood, uh, that kind of stuff. It's like uh, people would get into a fight and every single time they had a little trickle of blood running down the middle of their forehead and a little trickle of blood coming from the corner of their mouth, like all, all of them. It didn't matter. Uh, so it was like this inconsistent, like uh, this, well, too much consistency, I think, with, with that kind of stuff. And then it was just kind of, I don't know, like like when the be- the, the ending scene, when the, when the main bad guy gets blown up, it literally looked like somebody took a jar of Smuckers and just slung it at the wall. <laughs> I kind of thought that same thing. Yeah, I, like, I, I would have thought there would have been more... If it was, if we're talking about a whole person, <laughs> it was just. Yeah. Like, was, that, was that like his hand? Yeah, that, the I mean, you know, that's, that's like elementary, you know, uh, not elementary, but like college level uh, movie production stuff that they could have really um, spent the extra ten bucks and bought two fucking jars of Smucker's jam. I don't know. No, I don't think you're wrong. I agree. I mean, you can't exactly expect, you know, industrial light magic kind of special effects or anything like that from this kind of a thing. But you're really going to go over budget by making it actually look like an entire body just got vaporized? Or ver- yeah, I mean, just or vary it. Just vary something. it. Like, I don't know if you guys noticed that shit, but uh, I, know, I know you're never going to watch this movie again. But in the off chance that you are absolutely drunk and you don't know what you're doing and you do watch it again, pay attention to everybody has like a trickle of blood coming out of their forehead and a trickle of blood coming down the corner of their mouth. Everybody. I'll have to check it out. I was, yeah. I was too distracted slash annoyed by all the other <laughs> pieces that were happening to really. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's funny, though, is I'm, I'm looking at the director's IMD page. And uh, I'm going through like the photos that he has up there, and he's got a lot of photos with cast. And there's a photo here where like three out of the four actors he's standing with have a trickle of blood coming out of the corner of their mouth, (laughs) 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 and a trickle of blood out of their nose. So, (laughs) see, yes, he works with Steven Seagal a lot. So, and does he? Do you think Steven Seagal just basically employs his own personal director? Who knows, man? Like, they seriously have at least five, if not six movies that they've done together. So, yeah, they do have a lot. Yeah. It looks like Um, once a year he gets together and makes them. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's it's crazy to me because, like, all right, so I don't know the name of the studios that make, um, like, Sharknado and Atlantic Rim and all those shitty ass films, but I was reading an article and they, they, they always profit on those things. They do. It's mind blowing to me. So like I'm assuming that it's just it's just a hustle, man. Like 
let's make a bad movie and we'll make some money and then we'll make another bad movie next we'll year. You know? shitty. Yeah, we'll make it. We'll just churn them out like crazy. Keep paying for the old uh, Hollywood Hills fucking mansion. Yeah. Yeah. It's. Mm-hmm. All right. So, uh, what are we watching next next week? Yeah. What's 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 next on fire, the list? Fire it up. All right. Fire. All right. Let's bring it up and let's see what we can find. So, I gotta, get, I gotta go. get my pen. To make sure. Yeah, I'm it. I'm ready to write this one down. All right, <laughs> it should be fun. I am getting it going. How many vetoes are we allowing? Because we only vetoed oh, once last we... time. Yeah. Uh... I I think I think as long as it's not like a little kid film, like some dumb animated film. Who wants to sit and talk for forty five minutes about the Wiggles? I mean, it may sound funny as a joke, but to actually maintain a, you know, 30-minute to an hour-long conversation, probably not going to be the most, you know, meaty right. thing to get a hold of. Okay. Yeah, so let's just, uh, let's just, we'll just come so, to a group decision. Like, if you don't want to watch that for whatever reason, you know, put right. your argument up here, and, and then we'll decide. There's three of us. So. so I set it going, and what it came up with, when a scientist comes face-to-face with dangerous arm dealers on a tra- on a family trip, his girlfriend is left to protect the man's teenage daughter. It is the 2013 film starring Stephen Dorff, Svetlana Metkina, Macy Williams. Is that how you pronounce her name, Macy? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Heatstroke. Oh, yes. Heatstroke. It has a 4.8 uh, rating on IMDb. I, uh... I think I started watching this one time and fell asleep. Yes, this should be interesting. Oh my God. Svetlana, I don't know who this Svetlana person is, but that's a that's a hot ass name. Well, you know Stephen Dorff. He was in Blade. He played Frost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and also obviously Macy Williams. Mm-hmm. My girl has no name. Yes. You mean like the horse? Huh? The the horse with no name? Yeah. We were so you're saying you haven't the band. The, the, the Americas, no. So, so you haven't been on a horse with no name? Mm, in a desert? No. Okay. <laughs> um, but when the desert okay. turned to sea, did you let the horse go? I killed the horse, cut it open, and hid inside. Very, Star Wars uh, style. Very Star Wars of you, yes. Mm-hmm. All right, so actually, this looks actually pretty interesting. Um, I'm going to say it's probably going to be less interesting than Maximum Conviction. It's got animals in it, man. Animals are unpredictable. (laughs) (laughs) Animals are unpredictable. (laughs) Mostly because I'm not a fan of Stephen Dorff. I don't know why, but it's just something about his face. Does he have milk breath? I like to think of it as he's Sugar Ray's long-lost brother that couldn't play any instruments, so he went into acting, and, yeah. Random. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so there you have it. Heatstroke. Heatstroke. If you guys are interested in watching that and then having a discussion with us, I think next week uh, I'm going to try to get this uh, uh, broadcasted live on Twitch. So, um, Okay. okay. Stay tuned for that, and we'll see you guys next time. Yep. Have a good night, and we'll see you next episode.